Good afternoon. You're listening to Food for Thought on Siren 107.3 FM. I'm Charlotte Reed, and this is Siren's Food Show. Each week I take a look at the cafes and restaurants in and around Lincoln and find out about other foodie things happening in the county too. This week, cake artist Deborah Green talks about her shop Bonbon Bouche. She makes and sells creative cakes and some are very fancy wedding cakes, whilst others are cakes which look like pork pies or scotch eggs. And Deborah thinks her approach to cake making is because she started off as an artist. I always say I'm not a baker um, who decorates cakes. I'm a, an artist who uses cake as my medium. And food writer and the editor of Waitrose Kitchen, William Sitwell, visited the University of Lincoln on Monday and he was a guest on Andrew David's Drive Time show and they got chatting about the great food that Lincoln has to offer. So I'll be playing some of those highlights here on Food for Thought. This is Siren FM. Sometimes cake is not always what you expect, especially with Deborah Green. She runs Cakeability Green, a bespoke cake-making service, and has recently opened a shop, Bonbonbouche, on Steep Hill, where she runs everything now. I visited her beautiful little shop earlier this week and started by asking her why she decided to open Bonbonbouche. I didn't intentionally set off to have a shop. I've always just done um, cakes... You know, I started off doing cakes probably about 20, 25 years ago just for my family and then friends had asked because I was quite creative with them. And, I've, and it's only ever been really a hobby, you know, from my full-time job in construction. And then years later I was made redundant, um, so I took on freelance work, still in construction, but I thought, well, I'm only doing this three or four days a week, I might go back to my cakes, you know, and, and start to try and make a bit of a business out of it, because I thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, I did some charity work through it, that's how it started, I thought I'm going to do a charity event with all my cakes. Um, and then work dropped off even more and I thought, oh gosh, I wonder if I can actually try and make a go of the cake business. Um, so I tried that just using Facebook, local people, you know, advertising for word of mouth. It didn't really seem to be taking off, you know. As not, it probably would have done, but not as quick as I needed it to. If I needed to make a, you know, a go of it and make money out of it as a business, so it was just a chance um, walk up Steep Hill. I was just going to the hospital and I saw this little shop, and I thought, that looks really grotty and horrible. I can, I bet that's really cheap, and I know because I've come from a, a shop fitting background, I'll be able to fit that out. No one will want that. Only me. Uh, and I was probably right, although the landlord would probably would not agree. But I reckon I, I was, you know, I was rock bang on. And um, so, and I can live here as well, so I thought, I've got nothing to lose. It's only, if I'm going to rent somewhere, I might as well be here. And I've got a shop front that I can, is a window for people to see what I can do. And that's, that's it, really. I didn't necessarily want a shop, per se, but I wanted a window so people could see all my cakes. And, you know, it just happens to be, I can open it as a shop as well. So you kind of do everything here now, really? I do everything. And everything, every single thing in my shop, including the shop fit, is mine that I have done with my own hands. Nobody else, there's nobody else who's um, does anything, I don't buy anything in. It's all mine. The only thing I buy in is probably the, the 
carrier bags and believe me if I could make them I would <laughs> so it's quite clearly something you're very passionate about making everything mm. whether it be cakes or, or designing the sort of outfit here the fit out here sorry yeah um sometimes I, I mean I look and I think I'm quite proud of the fact that I've made everything myself but then on the other score sometimes I feel quite foolish I think what am I thinking of making everything myself and I feel like um Am I a bit like a, a craft store gone? But it is. It, 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 I'm trying to be very professional and I'm trying to give it a professional look. Um, but everyone says, no, no, because you hand make everything, that shouldn't shine through. But I'm very aware that some handmade things are twee, and I'm certainly not twee. You know, it, I, I do like to give it a professional, slick look, even though I have made everything myself. But I pride myself on the fact that. Actually, it doesn't look like it's come out of a factory. Everything isn't stamped, isn't exactly the same. But um, I do want to give it a quite a professional edge to, you know, to how it comes across. So how do you approach making some of your cakes then? Obviously, if somebody has got something in mind, I, I, I don't really approach it. I just, I, I just do what they, they've asked to do. But a lot of people come to me because they don't have ideas. And where I get my ideas from, I just, I absorb everything. Every time I go out, I'm looking all the time. If I see anything beautiful, I think, God, that's beautiful. Even if, if it's a dress, no matter what, uh, you know, something out in nature, statue, anything, I always just think, I'm mentally thinking, can I cake that? Can I cake it? How can I cake that? It's beautiful. And, I, and that's how we approach it. And I don't take photographs, I don't do anything, because once I've seen something, I can turn it into cake in my head. So I come back and then I just do it, I just do it from there. And then at least if I've not got anything to look at, I'm happy with the way things progress. I don't, I mean, I have basic sketches, no more or less what elements I want putting in it, but it evolves as I'm doing it. I don't, I'm not true to my sketches or you know or the actual image that I saw in the first place but it's just something that sparks something off and I, I just go with it and so what's one of the most sort of ambitious cakes you've ever made for someone um, I would say it was a, a wedding cake last year um, she wanted um, a gothic type theme and she'd seen me at um, a wedding fair at Birmingham and I'd just done uh, I'd I took a candelabra with some candles on there actually in my shop and she loved the candles and she also loved, she then came to, to see me and I'd done a cake with a sphere on and she loved that as well. So what I did, I created a cake that was a candelabra and it had everything, it had the candles with the lights in it, it had the sphere, it had gluten free cakes, it had, you know, a, a cake that her mother's friend wanted to put into it to decorate. So it, it um, and it had, I had to actually have made a candelabra, a, a, a sort of um, structure that held all the cake, you know, things where the, the sphere looked like it was just balancing in midair. It was just, it, that was a challenge, not not in just the cake form, but in the engineering of how I was going to get it all fitted together, you know, and, and it just standing there and looking like it was um, part of the bronze metal structure. So that was quite that was quite hard. So is it predominantly weddings that you find then sort of more the cake making side of business that you, you get people asking for? 
Um, I do get quite a lot of weddings, but I also a lot of my um, quirky cakes, they're not wedding, you know, like if I do a bag of crisps or the pork pie or, you know, things like that, clearly people aren't going to want them for weddings, but they do want them because they're fun to have. And they're not all that big, so they can buy them for their, you know, their boyfriend or whatever is a, you know, a fun a fun thing for their for their birthday present or I do you know corporate things I, I did one it was some contractors who worked on Asda toilets and I had to do a toy Asda toilet but they wanted their project manager with his head coming out of it because he'd given them such a hard time so that was quite a fun one to do <laughs> I don't know how the project manager took it if he saw it I don't have no idea but um, yeah, yeah, I do, I do like to have things that I've never done before, that I haven't actually thought of as well, because when I think of them, it's I probably go to I probably go a bit over the top, and I normally do my ideas just as a bit of a wow factor for other people to see. Then they can get ideas like, oh gosh, if she can do that, she can do anything. Or I don't expect anybody to come in and say, oh God, I just must have one of your toilet cakes. But certain cakes, I do jacket potato with beans coming out of it, which is chocolate, you know, it's cake. And, and that gets attracts a lot. People do want to come in and buy that for someone because it looks so real. That people, you know, when they go to you, think, why have you bought me a jacket potato? And they're like, oh, it's a cake. <laughs> so it's quite a, it's quite a broad range, really, of what people, what people want. That was me chatting to Deborah Green about her edible cake art. And there'll be more from our chat later in the show, where she'll be chatting about what she's planning to do for the Christmas market. The food writer William Sitwell visited Lincoln at the beginning of the week. He was speaking as part of the Lincoln School of Journalism guest lecture series because he's also the editor of Waitrose Kitchen. He was a guest on Andrew David's Monday Drive Time show and Food for Thought regular Sam Perdue was very excited about getting the chance to interview William Sitwell and they got talking about the fantastic food that Lincoln has to offer. Well, Lincolnshire is, is, is the home of... Not just potatoes, but some of um, some of the nation's best pork. Yeah. You know, the, a lot of t- turkeys reared in this county. Cheese. You have fantastic soil. Mm. You have um, you know lovely air coming off the sea. You know, it's a very we have very rich soils. In fact, I think Lincolnshire, and I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting in the middle of it. <laughs> I did a survey on this actually, and we 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 actually looked at the uh, the Christmas dinner plate. And if you look at Everything that goes onto that plate, from the turkey to the trimmings, um, Lincoln is really the Lincolnshire is really the only county that can provide every single thing for that plate, Fantastic. from pigs in blankets mm-hmm. to the turkey to the mm-hmm. to the um, potatoes to the carrots. So um, you are lucky; you've got it local. I mean, local is a people have been you know, food goes in trends and fads and so on. Local to me is always what's natural. I mean. I say I wasn't grown, brought up in a foodie family, but we did things that people now think is immensely foodie. So we, you know, we shopped locally, we grew a lot of our vegetables, we bought our lamb from the farm, which we still do, and um, that now is a sort of massively aspirational thing to look forward to. But for us, it was just normal. We bought our meat from a guy who drove a van and turned up at the gate, and the butcher still does that today, Mr. Mumford. And he's got a very cool uh, um, bus called, it says Mumford on it, and a mm. friend of mine 
there's a recording studio, have Mumford and Sons actually. No, <laughs> and, and, and Mr. Mumford drove up in his van and these guys came out and went, hmm, I think we need to buy one of those. Oh, <laughs> but isn't that, that's like, that is the great thing that we have, I don't think we realise living in Lincolnshire how um, privileged we are to be able to buy really, really great fresh produce that is grown only sometimes metres away yeah. from where we live. But do you not think it is people like celebrity chefs who have really brought this forward again and, and really highlighted the importance of buying local and saying, you know, go and meet your local meat producer, go and meet the people who grow your Brussels sprouts and, and find all this out? Yeah, I think chefs have, have done that. A lot of food writers have done it. I suppose that um, perhaps we don't have a kind of natural affinity with food culture in this country and for all sorts of reasons. It's partly, it's quite complicated. I think one of the reasons is that we lost our peasant culture during the Industrial Revolution. People moved to the cities. What was newfangled and exciting was not seasonal local food. And I think a lot of, in a lot of countries in Europe, they stayed in touch with the land, whereas we were more interested in, you know, the development of the tin can and, and, and so on and technology. And I think it divorced us from the realities of what happens on farms and so on. Because if, if you go to France or Italy, you start talking about, what well, is local is so interesting. And they kind of look at you as if, you know, what a, where did the, bird, the bear do his whatever in the woods? Mm. Mm. You know, is the Pope Catholic? For them, it's just normal. For us, it's become a, a trend. But it, I think that, um, you know, it's the same thing. Funny, organic, less so. I think, I think, you know, to source your food locally and to want it to be grown naturally Mm. reared naturally, grown naturally, is normal. And if you can aspire to that, that's great. On 107.3 FM, this is Siren FM. That was William Sitwell, the editor of Waitrose Kitchen, and he was a guest on Andrew David's Drive Time Show. And if you were listening to that little clip and you're wanting to listen to Andrew David's Drive Time Show, that's every Monday, 5 till 7, here on Siren FM. This is Food for Thought with me, Charlotte Reed, and the last part of today's show is the second half of my interview with Deborah Green. She runs Cakeability Green and has recently opened a shop on Steep Hill called Bon Bon Bouche. Deborah creates bespoke cakes that look like candelabras, pork pies, or Marianne Antoinette. So I asked Deborah how she learnt her cake skills. Just trial and error. I've never had any. No training, no classes, nobody's um, given me any techniques or anything. I've just picked it up. But I have been doing it for like 20-odd years, so you'd have expected, I'd have expected to have got a lot of things right. But I'm still learning a lot of things, you know, better techniques, ways of doing things. And I'm also, I also probably do a lot of stuff that if you'd been on courses, you wouldn't attempt because you would be to, oh, no, you, you can't do that. No, no, you can't do that. But I've never had that, can't do that. So even if I can't do it, I'll keep trying and trying and trying until either I do or I accept, no, I'm, I'm just going to leave that, I can't, it can't be done. But most things, I've never, I've never been asked to do anything that I've said no to. Oh no, I can't do it, ever. I hope I never will. But I'd just be gutted, I'd go, oh, God, I've had to say no. <laughs> Um, but we were chatting just before uh, we started recording this of the way you approach making them, actually physically making them, mm. it sounds very much like actual construction, but with cake. Mm. Yeah, uh, I always say I'm not a baker, 
um, who decorates cakes. I'm a, an artist who uses cake as my medium. So that came first, really, you know, the, the actual art, artist in me. And so I, that's why I think I have those ideas. I think if it had come from the other, I, I would imagine it's more difficult for a cake baker, you know, who's just come from a bakery background, to actually have amazing ideas. And I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but it's just two different ends of the scale. You know, I, if you met halfway, that's where that's where we are you know somebody's come from baking and had to learn up that way whereas I've come from the design side you know they have got those creative ideas and then I've had to come along the scale and learn to be a baker and, and use those elements there so I think for me I'd have rather have come from the side I've come from the artist rather than the baker side I think that would have been more difficult you know maybe my cakes would have tasted nicer I don't know they, they are delicious. <laughs> um, and something else that you're saying that you like uh, using the actual shop here to experiment with is that you, you're doing more confectionery. Mm. And how did that sort of come around then? Well, it was just the fact that uh, it's a tiny shop anyway. It's quite small. And I, I, I needed a window to put my cakes in. Well, obviously, you know, I can't just keep making lots and lots of cakes for people to maybe buy. So the cakes that are in my shop, the wedding cakes, the you know the three um, D cakes, they're cake dummies, so they don't get sold, so they're in there. Now I can't fill my whole shop with cake dummies because it would nobody would ever come in just to buy anything. It it would be just a destination shop to come for your um, birthday cake or your wedding cake. And because I can do other things, I thought well somebody coming in they might want to have a look round but and, and maybe buy something that I've actually done on a small scale in chocolate you know just something um, unusual so I make unusual um, types of confectionery out of uh, Belgian chocolate to make you know by myself all on my own um, I make sweet trees um, I design things out of sweets so I do which is quite popular um, it's like a mannequin style dress which is covered in flying saucers and marshmallows and it's quite big and that is quite popular. Look, loads of people love those flying saucers. I can't, I hate them myself. <laughs> so that's done really well and I, I know, um, make things like um, the first aid kit which is all sorts of different sweets made into sticking plasters and bandages. You know, that's quite a fun thing to buy. Um, I do a little mini barbecue, which is chocolate and fudge. I make the um, sausages and the um, chicken drumsticks out of fudge and toffee. And then I do a, um, a fruit mallow um, kebab stick. And it's got, it's got all sorts of things in it, you know, to look like the gold-coloured sweets to look like the coal and um, licorice that looks like the embers and things like that. It's just anything, anything. I, I look at sweets, I go into the sweet shop down the road and I just stand there. You know, luckily he knows me so he doesn't think, what's she doing? He knows I go in there and just stare at sweets and think, what can I make out of that? What can I make out of that? And I paint a lot of marshmallows and, and create kebab sticks out of those so they look like brides and grooms. Um, oh, all sorts of things. Wedding favours, you know, I make tiny little flying saucer flowers, things like that. You quite like 
from the sounds of it, subverting people's expectations with cake and with sweets and sort of going, it looks like one thing but tastes like something else. Yeah, that, that's my favourite. I mean, a lot of the cakes are obviously cakes that are, are decorated in a wacky way. But my favourite is when I make a cake that looks like something else and you actually can't tell. So, for example, I've done handbags, um, shoes, which are really good. But my favourite are things like the pork pie, the um, scotch eggs, um, pickled onions, which are truffles. And I've actually seen people, you know, pick a pickled onion, what they've thought is a pickled onion. And I usually put it in a little a, a tray of some syrup and they'll pick it up because it looks like vinegar, pop it in their mouth and they'll bite it and they're expecting pickled onion. And although they get a truffle, which is delicious, because they're expecting pickled onion, it, it must be the most foulest thing they've ever put in. By the look on their faces, it's like, I've got a pickled onion that's got serious problems. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> also, just from looking around, you've got sort of lots of decorations of um, moustaches and things like that. And you're also doing some charity funding for yes. November. Yeah. Um, why did you decide to do that? I think really it's probably because the moustache is my logo and um, I've got all, all the chocolate moustaches and I kept thinking, I can't remember, it was somebody who'd come into the shop, must have been a member of my family saying, oh, I can't grow a moustache. And I just said for a joke, oh, you have to have one of my chocolate ones and just all that. And, and I think it was from there I thought, oh, actually, that might be quite a good idea. You know, because although they're quite cheap, you know, although I'm only donating 10p to the charity, the actual moustache is, is only £1.25. So I was hoping that there'd be quite a lot of people who pick, you know, who buy them and, and I could just shove the 10p in. It's, it's bobbins really, one twenty-five for a little chocolate moustache, so I'm sure I can give 10p away. Um, and I just thought... I do like to pick on a couple of charities a year to, you know, donate to. And with having the shop, my time is sort of all tied up in this. And, and that, to me, I don't have to actually, you know, spend a lot of time doing that. That's just an easy one. I can, a quick win for me to, to actually collect the money on. So that's, that's why. There's no, no personal reason behind it. <laughs> and we are sort of quite quickly approaching Christmas. Have you got plans for Christmas yet? Yes, because I've got the Christmas market. Now, I've never experienced Christmas market, and um, all the stories I've heard, I, I don't know whether I'm excited about it or I'm absolutely terrified. I don't know if I should go with it or shut my shop up and go on holiday. <laughs> so I am at the moment, I'm working towards it, so I'm, I'm thinking things that I can do, and I'm just doing lots of ordering. Um, I'm getting a load of um, cups printed up with my logo on, so I'm going to be you know, putting a lot of all my the things that I make in it, you know, to sell on. Um, and I'm trying to think of the most amazing window I'm going to put. I don't know whether to do an alternative Christmas or go traditional or I just don't know yet. I've got that many ideas going around in my head, but I'm going to have to give myself a kick up the pants and get motivated on that. But I have got, I've got a few, a few ideas that I've got on my sleeve. That was Deborah Green from Cakeability Green. And if you head to the Siren website, you can find some pictures that I took of the Bon Bon Bouche shop because it is a very, very pretty store. This is Siren FM.